Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. Hi, everyone. We are very excited today to be talking to Michael Maloney, who is the founder of Quinty Learning Center um, and a bit of an expert in precision teaching and direct instruction. And today we're going to be talking a lot about literacy. Um, so welcome, Michael. We're happy to have you. My, I'm really delighted to be with you. <laughs> um, we'd love to start with a little bit about your background, if you could tell tell everyone a little bit about what you do and, and kind of how you got to what you do. Okay, well, first of all, uh, I ran into a bunch of bandits, uh, Ogden Lindsley, Zig Engelman, Eric Houghton, Elizabeth Houghton, and together we pulled together what became the direct instruction, precision teaching, behavior analytic piece of the world and started teaching it to teachers and and parents and uh, and then students of ours and whatever. And it is now growing to become a sizable uh, force in the behavioral world. So uh, to Ogden and Zig and Eric and Elizabeth, uh, thank you ever so much because we could not have done it without you. Um, so if you could start by telling us a little bit about um, like the literacy and kind of the challenges that we're seeing today within oh literacy God. and education. <laughs> I want to be depressed. Do you? Okay, so what do you have four hours? Uh, yeah. Well, no, we can, we can cover this in a matter of minutes. We have 10 million children in American schools, in American public schools who are illiterate. Let's just wow. start with that. Wow. We have 85% of the people that we incarcerate who are illiterate. We wow. have 65% of the people who can't function in our society because they can't get jobs and can't get training because they are illiterate. This is a global pandemic, pandemic and we are ignoring it to the nth and have been for 40 years. Wow. I mean, it's so true. I work, I work in a school um, with, you know, lots of special ed classes and literacy is a huge challenge and not just that, but no, it, it's not, it's not if you do it right. 
we've already got an answer to the problem that is 40 years old from the follow-through project, which very clearly documented and demonstrated how we can teach kids to read, write, spell, and do arithmetic. And then we shunned it and threw it over the side and ignored it and let the kids drown. So why aren't more schools using this? Because they don't like it. Because mm-hmm. it, it had smacks of accountability. You actually have to measure something and get a score that says you didn't do very well on this, nor did your student. And the yeah. result is that people just drift away from that because it's easy to collect a paycheck, but it's not easy to teach a child. I'm definitely not easy to collect data. Like that's one of the biggest challenges I find with teachers is having that accountability. They won't do it. They won't do it. It's incriminating. Yeah. Uh, And why should they? I mean, they, they don't have the tools. If we trained our teachers properly, they would do the job. They would get it right. We would have smart, literate children. But we don't teach our teachers None of the data that came out of the follow-through project has ever been uh, set up and used. So uh, they're out there beating their heads against the wall, doing the best they can and getting killed for it. 50% of them are leaving the profession every year. That's 3 million teachers being lost. Right. And a lot of this comes from above. I mean, the teachers themselves, I'm well, going to classrooms all the time and the teachers themselves are saying, help me, help me. Well, um, yet yeah, they're given this whole the help word. isn't there. They don't oh. need to help. They don't need to help. They've got their own agenda and it doesn't start with kids mm-hmm. and it never has. And it probably never will. The only way we're going to get out of this is to end run them and give them tools that they can use that don't involve teaching and training and supervision and all of that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about the follow through project? Sure. It was uh, the largest single study ever done in North American education. It was started by uh, <coughs> the uh, In the 70s, in any case, and they compared 16 different methods as to who could do well with children who are at risk of failure. And two of them worked. One of them was behavior analysis. The other was direct instruction. Direct instruction accounted for 85% of the data, or sorry, 75% of the data of the study. Direct or The behavior analysis model accounted for the rest. They washed, took all of them and dumped them over the side and announced that they were all the same. They have since then stopped issuing any information on follow through because it's too old, like the law of gravity is too old, obviously. And we now have a situation where this information isn't even being shared. Wow. And you got 10 million kids who are dying. Well, there's also IEPs that I read that say they're doing direct instruction. Yeah, well, they're not. Teachers these days don't understand what direct instruction is. So as we talk about direct instruction, we're talking about Siegfried Engelman and the technology (laughs) that he developed, you know, and it's... These people have no clue. Can you define for us what direct instruction is? Because I find the same thing. Teachers don't realize. It's very simple. Everything has one and only one interpretation. 
So if I give you a list of words and I put a, an E on the end of them, it changes the word. It goes from a short vowel to a long vowel, so from ham or from, uh, well, pick a word. Uh, yeah. And fat to fate, right? And you teach the children, here's the rule. E at the end of the word makes the vowel say, the, say its name. And then you teach them the, 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 the non-example of the rule. And then you show them the example of the rule where their E is, is there, right? And then you teach them the discrimination between the example and the non-example, and you practice them until they can do them quickly and easily and correctly, and then you move on to all the other possibilities that are there. But in every situation, you're going to have one and only one interpretation. Mm -hmm. And this research has been evidence-based. It's been documented throughout the years. There's so oh, much literature. 40, almost 50 years now. Yeah. I mean, I'm a direct instruction teacher through and through. I've been doing this for years and years, and I love the curriculum. And Michael, I think the way we met, the audience doesn't know this, the way we met is that I was a direct instruction teacher looking for more because my kids were doing well with the direct instruction and they were learning the phonics. They were learning that, but they didn't have the fluency. They weren't quick while they were reading. And, well, then, I, and then I came That's across- why we Michael's have zig curriculum. and og. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Michael, <laughs> tell us about your curriculum because you do direct instruction curriculum with reading, well, um, I, and then you combine fluency-based instruction. Yeah, I just inherited what Og. I just inherited what Og and Zig and Fred Skinner left us. You know, we have a system to manage the child's behavior so they pay attention. They're working, you know, with us and and doing a good job. Uh, that's direct uh, that's basically our behavior analysis we have a list of of objectives that we can state and and count on and then we move to uh using precision or direct instruction as an instructional system to be able to teach them what they need to know in a very quick and easy way and then we measure it for 30 seconds or a minute to see whether or not it made any difference and if it does then we celebrate if it doesn't we get back to work and find Kind of where did that fail? And if we would only teach that to our teachers, we could have success with no trouble. But we don't do it because the system does not want anything to do with anything that smacks of any kind of accountability. So I, I mean, even as a BCBA, I wasn't trained in anything like this. Like I, well, of course you wouldn't be training and yeah, in precision teaching or in direct instruction. <laughs> And we have a lot of BCBAs who are listening to this. What could they do to do better in this area as BCBAs, even well, if they're they not have, a teacher? They have to learn the skills. They're like, they're, it's no different than anything else. If I need to go and do something like fixing an engine that I did the yesterday, right? I need to learn what I'm doing and practice it till I get it to a point where I can reliably get that done. Mm -hmm. and, and our BCBAs are no different, but they, they have been very much slid off to the side because insurance companies don't want to hear a damn thing about, uh, you know, academics, anything that a child does, such as reading. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're not going to teach a child to read, what are you going to teach them to read? And they've just, you know, glossed that over and let it go. And our teachers are suffering for it. Yeah. So as, as long as we're willing to play by that stupid set of rules that says you can't teach a child anything academic, then you're not going to win. 
and they're not going to win. This is going to be a, a very hard, heavy load to carry. And our teachers are not getting the training. They're not right. getting the they're not getting the supervision. They're not getting much in the way of help at all. Mm. And it's so unfortunate because we know that when kids are struggling with literacy and academics, that's when the behavior challenges come up. And that's where all of those other that's challenging right. behaviors pop up. And if we're not supporting them with the academic skills, then yeah. we're not yeah. really helping. Not to mention the pe pipeline to prison and, and the unemployment and the kids who uh, go wacko trying to learn this stuff and can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. But we have a solution. We know what to do. We've been working on it for 45 years, not making much headway. Mm. I'm not getting a lot of kudos. I'm getting a lot of criticism, mm -hmm. getting a lot of people to tell me why it's not right. Mm -hmm. But that's all I can do, right? It's just I, keep going. At what age do you think that this method should start with kids? Oh, uh, as a child, three, yeah. four. Because mm -hmm. I know in a lot of schools start in preschool, starting to expose the kids to words and language, especially using sight words um, with kids in kindergarten. And so what age do you think that kids can start learning? And at three or four, can they already start with a phonics based direct yeah. instruction? First of all, let's get completely away from that whole idea that they're going to do sight works. I agree. <laughs> get out of there. Yes. Okay. So we're going to teach them sounds. Yes. We're going to teach them a, m, and t, the first three sounds. And we're going to very carefully use Zig's method for introducing the sounds so that they don't look alike and they don't sound alike so they won't become confused. And that's all done in the first 120 lessons. Actually, it's all done in about 70 lessons. So uh, now we have this child being able to identify the sounds reliably and quickly. Now we're going to start stringing them together. And that's where it all falls apart because they don't put the sounds together without putting spaces between them. And then they screw it up and then they get frustrated and now they can't read. So now it's like, man, say it fast, man. And it just drops out. And if you do that carefully with every child and sound them out and tell, watch where the, sh where the short sounds are, when you say back, it's got to be ba, the B and the A have to go together, no breaks, back, say it fast, back, they get it. So that's how we teach kids to read. That's how we've taught kids to read for 50 years. What is so damn hard about that? Someone told me one time, uh, you know, you teach kids 10 sight words and they know 10 sight words. They can read 10 words. Amazing. You teach kids 10 phonic sounds and they can read 100 words. You and that to me yeah. just sunk right in. And I was like, <laughs> uh, obviously, right? Um, if you teach the 100 most, the, I'm sorry, the 1,000 most common words in the English language, you will cover 85% of the vocabulary of the language. Wow. I mean, what what is so miraculous about that? Well, get this. My daughter learned how to read. She's in French immersion. She learned how to read in French uh, using a whole word method approach. And by grade two, they looked at me and said, she can't she can't read in English. 
Yeah. Like, oh, she can't read in English. You never taught her phonics. Yeah. Um, so, of course, what did I do? I dusted off my direct instruction books. I actually used your curriculum, Michael, and I taught her in three months how yeah. to read. And uh, they came back and they said, wow, no one ever learns how to read this quickly. And I said, are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> it's science. Hello. Um, well, that's the whole point. And it then her French. Science. It that's is it. science. That's, it. that's what we are blessed with when we teach well. Mm-hmm. So we have- where, where do you see the change needing to happen? Is it educating the teachers? Is no. it changing the insurance companies? No. Is it the educational system? No. And no. Okay. And again, no. <laughs> <laughs> Am I clear? So where is where can we start to make change or where does that give them the tools build the teachers build the teachers the tools that will teach the kid the right way Mm -hmm. so that when they come up they see a software program and it says my turn listen ah say that ready ah and we just take what Zig did and put it into a box and run it so that they can get it correctly and without pain. And the teacher doesn't have to know what is exactly going on. They just have to follow the bouncing ball. So your goal is to get this message and this curriculum in the hands of more teachers? No, in the hands of parents, teachers, BCBAs, anybody who needs to learn how to teach a child to read, including the hundred moms that I've got teaching in in Africa in the slums of Dhaka. Wow. And they're, they're teaching, those mothers are teaching children every day and they learned Dhaka, then they learned English and now they're teaching kids. So it's all, it's all science. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, it's, it is always surprising to me that teachers come in to where, you know, where I am without any training or experience in anything that well, no, I construct It's been that way. I was trained 60 or 70 years ago, and I was as badly trained as our teachers are now. That has not changed in at least 60 years, and it's not going to because the system doesn't want that change. Yeah. Do you think that um, more BCBAs should become teachers? Would that help the system no. in terms of using those strategies? No, no. They need to. They need to go out and get the box that does all the work for them. They they can't. You can't supervise them. You uh-huh. can't train them. There's not enough time to train them. There's not enough hands to train them. How many real BCBAs have you got that are skilled in direct instruction? I mean, really skilled. Not enough. I have a lot. I mean, very few, very few. You're in a very small minority. So don't go there because that's not going to get you there. Okay. They need a box that is full of tools that says, do this, now do this, now do this, and then watch the child and then look at the data. Have the child do those sounds for you for 30 seconds, see if they get it correctly. If they don't, go back over it. If they if they do, fine. Now, now we know we're on the right track. And let's move to the next lesson and the next lesson. And let's give them 120 lessons that will teach them the thousand most common words in English. Mm-hmm. It's it's not rocket science. And this would work with, with any... It does work. I've been using it for 20 years. I've been using it with kids in, in Dhaka for three years. It's, it's there. It works. But nobody cares. Nobody wants it. Nobody needs to have it. 
Well, I think if people knew how much it would solve their problem and how <laughs> how effective it could be, um, then they would. And and I, I really hope we can get more of that message out there. Well, sweetheart, how, how many of times has that happened in the last 20 years? Uh, well, I know we're moving to where I am. We're moving towards more of the direct instruction. And it's happening, but it's slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're never going to get there. We can't catch up doing that. Mm. So you've taught in some graduate programs, Michael, um, and you've, you're offering programs online as well. Uh, yeah, I'm doing as much as I can as in as many different ways as I can. And, and that's no guarantee that this person is going to come out skilled and fluent in how to teach a child to read or write or spell or do math. You know, that's... That's a massive undertaking. And mm -hmm. Og and Zig and Eric and, and I and Carl Binder and others have waged this war, you know, for a very long time. And uh, what's going to turn it is going to be technology. Yeah. It's not going to be teacher-induced because we don't have the, the capacity to do it. We don't have the, the will to do it. We don't have the teachers who want to do it. So tell us more about what that technology would look like. Well, it's it's on my website. The first five lessons, just download them and knock yourself out. I mean, it's like, watch, my turn, listen, ah, uh, say that sound, ready? The child says it, One, you know, and, and go through it. And now teach them, now they got sounds, let's teach them the words that are- And the teacher has to do very little in that. They just teach them to do next to nothing. Record some data maybe, right? Well, no, the data is recorded for you. You punch mm -hmm. in the numbers, it'll come up with a chart. Wow. But they don't want the chart. The chart points out that you didn't do it very well today. Well, I don't think right. I'll do this right. anymore. Right. And then uh, it's personal. <laughs> well, well, there's nothing There's nothing that says they have to. Mm -hmm. If you're a teacher and a third of your kids go straight south during the year, you are not going to get fired. You are not going to get penalized. You are not going to get fewer holidays or less dollars. There's no penalty. Wow. I mean, think about the contingencies of education. The yeah. contingency, yeah, they don't work. There's no motivation to, to there's no, solve there's this no, problem. Yeah, there's, there's basically no uh, reward system. Well, I mean, a lot of them, can we talk about IEPs? Because that really is their, the teacher's accountability. And that's also well, a broken system. That's a myth. Those, those are largely going to be uh, anecdotal to start with. Go pull out an IEP and try right. to look at the data in it. There's none. So how are they getting away, or how is the educational system getting away with the IEPs? They've been doing that for 50 years because nobody, nobody's taking responsibility. And we know how to blow mom away. Mm. We can get her off our back. You know, he's the, the kid's got uh, ADHD, don't you know? Mm. Yeah. So That's we got an argument. Yeah, we got a ready-made excuse for everything. Well, you know, he's dyslexic. Mm. Okay, now we're down to, uh, well, this is what you think it is. There's no data. There's no measurement. Yeah, and that just becomes mentalistic. Well, and, and teachers, and, and I don't blame the teachers for not wanting it because they can't possibly do their job in the way they've been trained without it. Mm -hmm. 
So you know, you're you're in a perfect you're in a box, but it has no exit. So if a teacher wanted to get more information on this, um, tell us about what's available for them. Well, just go to teach your children or Maloney method and and look under the uh, try it before you buy it and download the first five lessons and see if you like it. And uh, then just pay $14.95 for each set of five lessons until you get your kid absolutely done. Easy. <laughs> it's easy. It actually easy. is really easy. It seems like the solution is too easy. <laughs> we tried to do it as simply as we could. Yeah. And and you did. And the curriculum is well done so that it's very easy to run. <laughs> yeah. Right. It tells you exactly what to do. It does. It so does. there's very little, you know, it takes the lesson planning out of it. Even as it's a teacher, done. you don't have all to plan done. any lessons. It's all done for you. And I think just that alone Thank is you, motivation Zig. to incorporate it. Right. Thank you, Aug, for giving us a measurement system. Thank you, Fred, for saying, hey, you need to get this kid in his seat and paying attention. You know, I mean, the, the, the masters have all donated. Yeah. We know all the tricks. The tricks are there. We just have to use them. They're all there and we know how to use them, but we're not doing it. And you can truly change the trajectory of learning when you implement curriculum that works based on science if the uh if the insurance company will let you so how do you get around that one michael you, tell how do you, it, advise you call it language learn? you turn it into a language program not a reading program so it's a language program because it's comprehension based well it's a language program because it has sounds like ah and d and you can't go very far without those squiggles so we better teach them some squiggles mm-hmm so there you go. So for all you BCBAs who are listening out there, for all you teachers who are listening out there, please go check out the Maloney Method. Check out direct instruction curriculum in general. Check out the evidence-based around it. Check out anything you possibly can because it is evidence-based and it will hopefully, if we can all adopt these principles, that may be our solution. And that might be the, the thing that helps tip the scales towards literacy. Well, I, we have been fortunate in getting a lot of BCBAs to masquerade this as, as language. And they've been able to get around and get paid the way they should have been. Uh, so maybe there's a little light there at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And for BCBAs or teachers listening, we are going to be learning more about this a little bit more in depth with with Michael um, at our CEU webinar in July, I believe. So stay tuned for more information on that, where we'll really give you more of the tools to be able to adopt some of these things and give you more direction on direct instruction. Um, So look out for that. And, And we really... This stuff we've been using for years, we've used Michael's stuff for years. It is really important that we have an evidence-based approach to teaching literacy. Um, And I highly recommend everybody, please um, go check it out. And it's, it it really does work. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Thank you. you. So nice to talk to you. I I preach. I'm very happy having you out here with me. It's It's great help. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. 
and make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.